Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Liberty Lake Church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, on my right are a, a couple of guests. You probably know them if you go to our church, if you're new. Uh, first sitting next to me here is Ben Abshire. Um, he is one of the one of the men in our church family, uh, involved in lots of stuff every now and then. Uh, if you've been around, his brides led worship for us. His kids have been involved, and, and they have... Uh, it's just a joy to have him. He, you were on with me a couple like of weeks two, ago on a Wednesday. Ago? Yep, yeah, we had a great time. Yep. And directly to his right is Jerry Larson, who really probably doesn't need any invitation or uh, introductions. Um, but we want to make sure that you know uh, Jerry Larson. Today is his 66th uh, spiritual birthday. Um, which means he's just a few ticks older than 66 because he came to know the Lord in, in your early... Almost, almost 20. Almost 20 years old. Um, and so Jerry Larson's been in ministry and serving in this area, uh, Portland, all over the place. He travels all over uh, teaching on the gospel and caring for people um, and has had a long time, uh, long ministry. And it's a great privilege to have both of them with us this morning. Uh, just a couple of key announcements I want to want to remind you of real quick before we begin this morning. Um, we are going to be doing communion here in just a moment, so if you have your juice and your crackers ready, you can join us. If you don't, it's all right. Um, you, we, we will, uh, Lord willing, we're going to be praying this thing to a close here very soon, and we'll be able to gather and do that together, uh, hopefully very, very soon. Um, the uh, one thing I want to say right off the bat is thank you for all of you who are uh, maintaining our food pantry so that we can help those who are in need. Um, we are working on, Julie and the team are, are doing a great job of getting uh, a list together and, and maintaining that to know what our needs are. And so we'll continue to let you know as we go forward. And I, I really want to encourage you, if know someone in your neighborhood that needs food or, or that you're concerned about, please check on them and then let us know um, and we will get you the food so that you can hand that to them, uh, get it delivered to them and take care of your neighbor. What a great time for us to be the church. Um, I, we were just talking about this earlier before we began that uh, it seems like uh, maybe God given us an opportunity to stop doing church and to start being the church. Um, and so what a great time it is and what a weird time, right guys? Yeah. And when was the last time you guys did uh, Easter online? First time ever. First, yeah, first, first time, time ever for me as well. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a few people that have never done this before in their lives either, uh, sitting at home with their families, uh, watching three television evangelists. <laughs> hey, we look <laughs> which, the part, Which though, we are we? not, right? Yeah, we where's our gold chairs? We don't have yeah. any gold chairs up here. My niece I, joked with me the other day about how she says, you should be a pastor after Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And uh, so now I actually start to look Now you part, look like, right? well, actually, you already got the haircut. Well, I got the hair going, but yeah. the, the yeah. jacket, some, it's, we're stepping it up uh, out, that's out good here, stuff. man. <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, we want to just thank you. Remember, too, you can follow us online. Uh, our Wednesday night service is at 6 o'clock. You can find us on YouTube, uh, on our webpage at Big Church, on Facebook. I think we're on Vimeo. We're all over the place now. Um, so just look up when you go online and look us up liberty lake church you can follow us there we also have a church app you can download out of your app store for your phone and um you can follow us along there as well it is a privilege to be here with you today thank you for for joining us on on a new thing on a, on an adventure for us to do easter together separate or apart isn't that funny it's kind of weird how you, how you can say that but it's really what we're doing so this morning, I want to introduce to you, for those of you who don't know, uh, our, our music team this morning is Travis Burks, and Becca, I'm really sorry if I get this wrong, but you can correct me, but it's Becca Ritz, I, I, I know her as Becca <laughs> Meredith, and so I, I'm, I'm always going to that as my default, but it's Becca Ritz. And or, or is it Rebecca Ritz? I don't know. I'm probably doing it all wrong. Just stop so talking, Shane. I'm going to stop keep... <laughs> talking now, and we're going to go to, big, to big, singing big. some music. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Won't you join us with Jesus Paid It All? I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he 
Thank you, guys, and uh, it is a privilege again uh, to join you. And um, one of the debates that we had even this week was how do we do communion and um, talked with many different people and, and read articles, and there's opinions on both sides that we shouldn't do it if we're not assembled. Uh, thought there's, there's the thoughts about uh, where, where communion came from. It, you know, it's around the Passover meal, which was where families were gathered and eating in their homes. So uh, I want to encourage you today, if, if you are not comfortable taking communion with us this morning, please don't. Um, you, you, can, you can just wait. Uh, for those of you that are and want to join us, please do. Um, and uh, I just, this is a, it's an important aspect, and I think it's an important piece of, of recognizing um, the beauty of the resurrection, the beauty of Jesus rising from the grave, um, because he instituted, um, uh, on Friday, he instituted this new covenant um, the night that he was betrayed. And we're going to pick up that story. I'm going to read it out of Matthew. I don't normally read it out of Matthew, but I thought it'd be really fun to do the Matthew passage this week um, and, and see what Jesus says in the text in Matthew um, right before uh, he was betrayed. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 says this. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Here we have Jesus establishing the new covenant, offering his body, offering his blood um, to, to set right, to pay for the sins of all the world, to offer this forgiveness to all the world for those who would believe, those who would receive it. It's interesting because the disciples couldn't have, they just, they didn't have an idea of what was happening at this point. They thought they were celebrating the Passover. I, I can only imagine that at some level they were thinking, man, Jesus, what are you talking about? This is, we know what this meal is about. What do you, what do you mean your blood? What do you mean a new covenant? Um, and we know that later on, as the Holy Spirit opens their eyes, they began to see what he was t- talking about. And we're actually going to read some of that this morning about how the disciples, uh, their perspective, their their fear turned to faith, and they began to believe, um, and they ended up changing the world. But this morning, we're going we're gonna to celebrate that. So would you mind passing... Sure passing out uh, the elements there, and we will, uh, we're going to take together. Um, and I'm going to have you uh, go ahead and, um, and we're, we're, we got this yeah, locked in we're right here. We're, we're set. <laughs> I've asked Ben if he would pray and just give thanks to the Lord this morning for, for the bread, his body. Lord God, we just uh, take a moment today to remember. Lord, we remember your body that was broken for us and, and God, all that this symbolizes, but also what really happened to you mm-hmm. and the pain that you suffered and you were broken for us, Lord. And we just uh, give you praise this morning as we remember, mm-hmm. especially on this day, but also uh, every day. Lord, help us to remember this every day that you came to this earth to die for us, that your body was broken on our behalf so that we didn't have to live an eternity without you, God. And we just thank you for that this morning. We lift you up. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and take it together. And after the bread, um, he took the cup, and it says that we need given thanks. He said, drink of it, all of you. And, And I love... I love what he says in here that, you know, it's the new covenant. And this covenant is for the forgiveness of sins. And it's for many, even in, in the passage here, Matthew actually says, it's poured out for many for the, give, for, for the forgiveness of sins. Let me pray, and then we will take together this morning. Father, thank you for this representation of the new covenant in your blood. We do this in remembrance of you, not for ourselves. And, and uh, not because, Lord, somehow this makes us more holy, but God, in the, at the same time as we put our minds towards who you are and what you've done and the price that you paid in this new covenant and all that you are, all that is represented in you dying on the cross for our sins and paying for our sinfulness, making us right before a holy God. Father, we give you thanks for that this morning. Lord Jesus, I, I just exalt you as my Messiah, as the head of this church, as our Savior, the one true God. Um, I'm in awe that you would pay the price, that you would suffer as you did and make a way for me and for all of us who trust you as our Savior to testify to your goodness, to proclaim your death until you come. So we give you the glory this morning. And exalt you above all others, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. We'll take together. We're going to continue uh, with another song. Won't you join us with Resurrected? <clears throat> That once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at His 
sending your son and for raising him up in power that death no longer has a hold on us and uh, that you've set us free and that we can live forever with you starting now in your name. Amen. Amen. I want to remind you and encourage you this morning, if you have a picture of your family all dressed up that you want to send in, uh, please do that. We've, we've, I know we've received at least one so far, um, and uh, so we, we just wanted to kind of celebrate with you and, and, and see what you're doing um, at home to celebrate this morning. And uh, so we are grateful and thrilled to have you joining us today. So, um, hey guys, I, I think as we think about Easter, uh, we've talked about in the back how 
how amazing this day is and yet how it's also supposed to be the launching pad for every day of our life that mm -hmm. that we don't come and celebrate Easter because it's the one day that we celebrate Easter but we do this to remind ourselves that every day is uh, the day of the living in the kingdom of God. Every day is an opportunity for us to celebrate Christ and his resurrection from the grave and to live in that life. Um, I guess when as we think about trying to do Easter um, in, in, a, in a church format, and you look outside, you can see the sun shining. I mean, of all the days of, of, of Easter, this was the perfect day to be at church, right? <laughs> And yet here we are, and yeah. and here we are engaged in celebrating Easter in front of a video camera. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel very connected to people uh, doing it this way. Jerry, uh, do you agree? This would be probably one of the weirdest <laughs> Easter's you've ever experienced from this perspective. This is the weirdest Easter in 66 years. But I like what somebody said, an empty church, but there's an empty tomb. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, amen. We, amen. We were talking about the yeah. day, that today, too, <laughs> saying that there's a living Savior, so we should be a living church as well. We, amen. This church, we need to be alive in our community, alive in our faith, alive in our, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, because that's who, that's who we serve. That, that's the God that we're here to celebrate, who offered a Messiah, who conquered death and the grave. Well, this morning, part of our focus is how the disciples transitioned from great fear to great faith, and we're going to read a couple of texts and, and talk about that. Um, and then I'm, I'm super excited because uh, Jerry has offered to, to give us some closing thoughts today, uh, just from his heart to, to you and to the, to the body, um, as he considers what it means to celebrate and to, to be passionate and excited about the gospel. And, and uh, the reason that Ben and I are, are pumped and excited to have Jerry here is because um, Jerry lives this every day of every his day. life. Every he, day. This isn't something that just that he puts on or he gets up on stage here and performs for you guys. But this is his life, and it has been his life. And, and it's a great privilege and a joy uh, to hear your heart in, in these matters, Jerry. And that's why we're glad to have you here, and, and, and we really appreciate you being here. So please feel free to step on both of our toes no. and cut us off I'm and just jump in. Good. You're just here to look good. Yeah. I, well, I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, and uh, but please feel free to step in over the top of us and and share what's on your heart as we go forward um, in this process uh, this morning. So, okay, I sure will. Good. Like I said, it's it's so interesting because a, a lot of people fit. When I I look back now and I think that for 20 years I didn't have the slightest idea how to celebrate. Easter, even though I went every Sunday for 20 years. Yeah. And then the difference between the last 66 years of once I made that step to really trust Christ and he came alive and real in my life, how that's a whole new scenario started. And I've got that contrast in my mind all week. This is my favorite week of the year. <laughs> and uh, so that's why it's so awesome to celebrate with you guys today. Absolutely. Well, let's jump in and grab our text because we unfortunately have a number of verses to read to try and try and pack this day in. And we all acknowledge that there's no way we're going to get this done to our liking. So we were been praying like crazy, Lord, please use this time to communicate your heart and your word to the, to the people that you have called us to minister to today. Um, those of you that have joined us online. So that's our passion. That's our heart this morning. So we're going to jump in and, and get going on the text. I'm going to read. Um, our first text is out of John chapter 20. It is um, the first day of the week, and it's when Mary and Magdalene comes to the tomb, and, and we see an interaction here with the disciples in the first moment that they are becoming aware that Christ is not in the grave any longer. So join me this morning in John chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter ran out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. 
Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first and stooped. Excuse me, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. I I think one of the things that keeps jumping out to me, I mean, there's so much in that text that's just amazing. But one of the things that's amazing to me is how Mary's going in the night. She's going dark when people can't really see that that she's there. And the disciples are going back to their homes. So they go and find an empty tomb and and they they go go home. They just go home. (laughs) Right. Um, You know what I was wrestling with? And maybe you guys can speak to this a little bit. I'm trying to imagine how how much despair and and fear and d- just discouragement that the disciples had to be experiencing mm. after watching Jesus be crucified after giving so much of their life to following him yeah absolutely i mean they just poured everything everything every aspect of their lives into jesus and now all of a sudden he's been crucified it, and everything about what they had been doing is now gone yeah. it's just gone and and so that despair we were talking about it earlier today just that emptiness, everything that you pour your life into to be gone. And I think it's interesting because we tend to do that anyway. We tend to do that with other things besides Christ, right? Yep. And it will always bring us to that same point. But here we see something that actually outlasts that and actually, you know, is better. And, and, but they're in the moment. We've all kind of felt that despair to some degree with, with what we poured our lives into that ended up failing us. Yeah. And I can imagine just the despair and emptiness that they must have felt and the fear. Because now that he's now that this has all happened, they don't have him anymore. Right. What are they going to do now? Right. Right. And that fear of what's next, and what about the Jews, and all these other things that are going to be coming at them. Uh, it, it would have been tough. Well, and Jerry, you pointed out this morning out of uh, the road to Emmaus in Luke, <laughs> a key thing that jumped out to you out of that passage. Right. The key thing that jumped out to me today too is just the realization of how real this is in some ways to us today more than any Easter I've ever celebrated yeah. in realizing that I've got a whole we've got a whole world and of course we're more concerned maybe with the United States and then our own where we live more than we've ever been in our whole lives mm-hmm. thinking about you know people dying literally every day and all of the people that have lost jobs they've lost family They've lost everything. You see cars lined up for miles to get food. I mean, we're seeing things we've never seen in our life before. And now when you think about the disciples, they've lost everything. Their hopes and dreams have just been shattered. And they're just sinking in a hopeless feeling. And now that's where our world is today. This whole picture is just—is it ever relevant. been more yeah. alive to all of no, us? Yeah, never. Oh, I well, just. Well, it was. We were talking to the back. The reality is, is that a world that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't have the hope of a risen Savior, that's not a wrong response no, for them. What, what else do you have? Yeah, yeah. What do you expect? Right, right. <laughs> um, it, it it really shouldn't shock us that the world's terrified. That those yeah. who don't know Christ, that don't have the hope of the gospel, are terrified. Yeah. In fact, I I think that if the church was, if the church was really experiencing the heartbeat of Christ, it would break our hearts for them yeah. to see what's happening in our culture and realize how many people don't know Jesus. Yeah, and you know, how many people have no hope. Yeah, sometimes that's hard to remember too. When when we do have Jesus, it's it, it's a little easier for us to lean on him, and we have that, and we have a hope there. And it's hard; it's sometimes easy to forget that they don't have that hope, and so it gets frustrating. There's a tension there of trying to live in freedom, trying to live, uh, you know, fearless, but at the same time, working with people and talking to people through these things. Sometimes you don't relate. Yep. Right. And and that's that's never been more prevalent to me in the, than the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know. And yeah, although we are called to live fearlessly and boldly, and that's what I love about this section. We'll get to is 
is we, we that's what we are called to do but there's a world out there that's hurting and that that needs to they need to hear this message yeah you know? absolutely that's why again one of my the great joys <laughs> of having jerry here he was testifying to to ben and i this morning about people that he's running into and sharing the gospel and and a little bit later i want to ask you just a little to talk to us for those of us that are that that are a little fearful about sharing our faith um, I'd love for you to share just just maybe how you do it a little bit. Give us just a glimpse of, of how you anything, engage you? people. No, I, that's, so I have fears. That's not one of them. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's very very that's true. That's not one of them. It's we, not we as were, not we, as scary as this this camera not, and computer not as scary screen, right? As this camera and sitting here with you <laughs> with you two, right? That, it's funny because Ben and I were actually talking about how much harder it is for us to engage complete strangers yeah, than it is to sit opposite. up here and talk to a virtual audience about the Bible, and yet you were sharing with us how how much more difficult this is for you than it is to go and hit every single person you see on the street and tell them about Jesus, tell them about your mm-hmm. your story. So yeah. I do want us to take a minute. We I just want us to get our heads around how terrified the disciples really are, right. how how desperate this is. So let's jump in um, and, and, and look at John chapter 20. We're going to pick up the rest of the story in John, verses 19 through 31, and I've asked Ben if he would read that passage for us. Sure. Now I get back. And we're doing a little bit bigger piece here, you guys, partly because it's it's just helpful to catch the whole context of what's mm. what's swirling around right. in all of this. So. Yeah, and I want to encourage everybody too. As I was going through some of these verses, um, there's so much that surrounds what we're reading. Just really highly encourage everyone to go and read the before and the after of everything that we're hitting on. Yes, we don't have enough time to cover everything. It's it's just incredible though, as you go a little before, a little after in some of these verses. So. Okay, John chapter 20, verse 19. So this is after they've gone home, you know, and everything's happened. So on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and I place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the house again yep. with the doors locked. Yeah, they're locked. They're locked and, in. And yet they're they're the ones going out and saying, hey, Thomas, 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 yeah. we saw the Lord. Yeah. Well, it, to me, it's really because you see that first scene where they're all together. They got the doors locked. You know, it says right up there, they're in fear of the Jews. They're afraid. Jesus comes to them and he breathes on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. Yep. There's all kinds of things. They've seen him. And then... We find later, eight days later, here they they are again behind locked doors. Yeah. And you know, I as I was going through this last night, I, it, it kind of hit me. I think Thomas gets a little bit of a bad rap here <laughs> because everybody likes to call out doubting Thomas, right? And oh, look at doubting mm-hmm. Thomas. They were all doing it. They oh, were absolutely. all in fear, yeah. and they were all afraid even after they had seen yep. him, right? Yep. And I think that that just really struck me because. A lot of times it's easy to get up here and talk and do all these things, but you know, we're not really immune to that fear. No. Right. I mean that, that just because we know Jesus, just because we experience the Holy spirit in our lives, that doesn't mean that we're immune to that fear. Right. And, and I think that's important for us to remember. Well, and I've had a great, it's just interesting how he's working in all of our lives, but I can honestly say that I've had a greater compassion hmm. for people at this time of the year, where we're at now, than I've ever been in my entire Christian yes. life. Now, I've always had that, yep, a yep, passion yep. for the lost. That's, that's who I am. 
but never to the extent of feeling it by ta- in talking with people like I have this last month. Yep. I, I would like Absolutely. to, I wish I could just videotape the last month of my life. <laughs> and <laughs> We're getting this part. Hey, I was going to say, do we, we got a cameraman that might follow you around. <laughs> no, but I wish I did have a... Get him a GoPro, just mount it on his Follow me head. around and listen to bringing up just little things to help people to rethink just a few thoughts in praying that if I can just say one comment that'll turn their mind toward what this time, what this could really mean in their life with all the fears that are gripping all of us. And uh, yeah. so I just am so grateful that the Lord has overwhelmed me again with that kind of passion. And I hopefully I'm communicating that when I'm talking to people. And they see, you know, the old saying, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. When love is felt, the message is heard. Absolutely. And that's, I'm trying to live my life like that. Absolutely. Well, let's take it and look at the transition that starts to happen for the disciples. Because, Jerry, you're exactly right. And we don't have, I don't think we'll have the passion for the lost until our heart is taken off of ourselves, until we redirect from the fears that we experience, the discouragement, the anxieties that are that overwhelm our lives, and we get our eyes on the hope of Christ, on his resurrection, the fact that he's alive and living, that we serve a risen Savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we're able to care for the lost the way that Christ does until our eyes are on him and not on our immediate circumstances. And we actually watch the disciples begin to transition from mm-hmm. locked doors feared self-quarantined i mean <laughs> yeah. they were they were self-quarantined we talk about social distancing yeah. they were experiencing that on their own and now we're going to start seeing them in acts do stuff that would just right. blows the mind that they're actually engaging in and our first text in that uh, in this journey down this transition from fear to faith is acts chapter 2 starting in verse 22. Follow along with me as I read Acts 2, verses 22 through 24. It says this, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man arrested, uh, attested to you by God with the mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and knowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held. Here's Peter <laughs> after the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Yeah. People are, are, are speaking in tongues, doing, doing all of this miraculous stuff. A group shows up and they're like, man, what's going on? These, these guys, are, they're drunk, they're crazy, something's going on. And Peter rallies them and thousands come to know the Lord at this yeah. moment. And he turns around and he goes, hey, people, you should repent and ask forgiveness for your sins, right? <laughs> no. no a little more bold than a that more, he's like you crucified him yeah you got in the way you your sin is the problem right. a couple of days ago he was, he in, was his in the door, locked doors, yeah, doors locked. yeah that's it, it's incredible i mean to go and it, this is not this isn't months years later no like years later it's this is not very very close to when they were sitting behind those locked doors yeah and and to see that transition now i think the key point here though is they they had been infused with the Holy Spirit. They've been Absolutely. given the Holy Spirit. And at the time of Pentecost being a very specific, just, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, moment where the Holy Spirit just did wonderful things. But they took that and they were courageous. They moved in that and moved forward in that. And now they, they're living in this boldness, right, that they, they never had before. Yep. And in fact, they weren't just not bold. They were I wouldn't say cowards, but maybe they were oh, afraid. Yeah, and yep, and it's just yep. like a complete one eighty, yeah. right? And and now they're out there doing things that you know they would never have dreamed of that they would be doing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, probably would have been Jerry up there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and one of the other things is we look at this transition from being afraid and and having fear and boldness. Um, you know, as we go out and start interacting with people, I think it's important to remember the fear that they are in. 
And, and I just I love some of the example of how Jesus actually interacted with them. Yeah. And, you know, in Luke, the story of, the, of, of where Jesus appears to them after the crucifixion, he talks about, you know, all these, he says, peace be with you a couple of times. He does this. But at the end, he kind of says, hey, do you have anything to eat? Right? Because he's yeah. trying to get them to relax. He's trying to get them to understand he is risen in bodily form. Yeah. Only, a, only a human would need to, to eat. Right? right? And so, so what he's doing is he's reaching them where they are in that moment. Yeah. Right? And he's doing something that would, that would bring them some peace and calm. And I think we need to remember that. As we go out in this mm-hmm. boldness, if we're going to stand up and you know, be bold for Christ, we also have to remember those people that are receiving that and reach them in a way that, that makes sense, mm-hmm. that, that brings the walls down, yep. so to speak. A real right? natural connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's continue on that connecting point. And would you mind uh, reading Acts, uh, Ben, would you read Acts sure. 4? Um, I think we're, this is the one we've extended, Acts 4, 13 through 31. 13 through 31. It's, it's a big chunk of Scripture. <sighs> okay. You sure you want me to do this? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. This, this, this is really the pinnacle of what, kind of yeah. where we're landing on the boldness of the disciples and, and, and how, how the big the transition has been. Right. And just to set the scene here, just previously to this, they had healed a lame beggar. Yep. And they had healed him in Jesus' name, and it was really starting to frustrate all the religious, you know, Jews that were there. And and you know, they they started coming after him and they started, you know, pressuring them. So this is a transition from just people to they're actually acting in Jesus' name and doing things, and now they're gonna get uh, and they're actually pretty before the council right They're here. in front of the council. Yeah, they're right being... These are the same people, keep in mind as we read this, these are the people that just killed Jesus. Yep. That's the kind of power that they had in this region at this time. So verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name, or in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, and I, I, I love this. This is just awesome. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were, were released, they went to their friends and reported that what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who, who through the mouth of your father David your servant said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and to the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. What a transformation. Absolutely. What a change. The the guys locked in in their house behind a locked door in fear and terror. And here we see them being threatened with punishment if they continue to speak about the name of Jesus. And when they go and pray, the disciples pray, God, give us boldness in the midst of this because we know you're sovereign. What a transition. What else could this be other than they actually saw and believed in the risen Lord? 
I mean, it's total transformation. Absolute total Complete trans- change. And, and when I, you know, verse 19 and 20, I just, I keep coming back to that because yep. here you yeah. have them standing there and they're going, they're, they are absolutely saying, my life is not my own. Yes. And they're going, hey, you counsel, whatever, whatever you want to decide, that's fine. Just decide whatever you're going to decide. Yep. It's up to you. We don't care. Do whatever you got to do. But I, for me, we're going to keep preaching the word. We're going to keep preaching what we've seen and heard. That is incredible. And I, it almost makes me ashamed because that's not me all the time. But man, what power that is. How powerful is that? That is awesome. Yeah, which Huge means transition. that they, what they recognized was this could cost them their life. Absolutely. They mm-hmm. gave their life up right they, there. Right they, then. And they, they're almost, in a way, to me, it's almost like mocking. Yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, you, you don't have any power over me. Right. Right. That's just incredible. That's incredible. All right, do we live that way? Jerry, have you, have you, you've been, you've watched the church for 66 years. Does the church live with this kind of passion and, and fervor and confidence and boldness? Or, or would you say that the church has been, I, I call it life support Christianity. <laughs> you know, if something, if something isn't actually making our heart pump, we wouldn't know that we were alive. Right. And the, the sad part is that I think what we've lost sight of over the years, too, is, is how can we not speak about what we've seen and heard? In other words, when I know, I mean, because I think well, each one of us think about our own lives, I think back on my life. I think back when I was in high school one time. I remember getting so angry at my mother. She was the first one that came to Christ in our family. I was so mad at her, and I just screamed at her. I said, I hate God. I hate church. When I'm 18, I'm never going to set foot in church again the rest of my life. I just broke her heart. Then, (laughs) you know, college, Easter week, (laughs) the transformation in my life, and all of a sudden I couldn't stop talking about what had happened to me, and I just... Got caught up with that, and uh, and then you see it here with the disciples. And you know, another thing I loved about Matthew's account of all of this, if you remember it, they went and saw the empty tomb, and it said, come and see the empty tomb. And did you see the next few words in that same verse? Go and tell. Yeah, right. To me, that's Easter, isn't it, folks? Yep. Come and see the empty tomb. Go and tell. Is there any part of that we've lost sight of? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, you're just getting we, me wound up. Now. <laughs> that's the plan. You got that's, fun, a, that's you got our plan minutes. all along. You got three minutes. Go. Um, the reality is, and this is one of the things that we have to understand. All the disciples were all different. They all had a different role in this. We see yeah. Peter and James doing this. There's other disciples who aren't doing as much in the prominent role that we see in Scripture. And I, I think part of what we've done as a church is we've gone, well, we got Jerry Larson. We, we've, got, we've got a professional. We've got we've our got, evangelist. Yeah, we've got our evangelist. We've got our professionals. And we, as the church, we've forfeited our responsibility of being the church wherever God's planted us. There may be people out here that would are terrified to talk to new people. There may be people out here that work in jobs where they're not around a lot of people. Maybe God just wants from them one interaction, one person that they invest their whole life in living the truth of the gospel. To me, that's success if we're faithfully sharing what we know about Christ in that moment. For some of us, we have a different platform. We have different influences. We have different personalities. But it's about being in that relationship with God and living that truth in confidence and hope and courage because of who he is in the place that God's planted us yeah, now. Wherever he's planted you. Wherever yeah. that is. And, I, you know, that's been really true in my life many times. He's smacked me over the head with a lot of those kind of things over the years. But, you know, just there's so many times when, when you come back, you hear a story about maybe somebody that you knew or somebody that, that came to the Lord later or whatever. I had just so many stories in my life personally where that's happened. I have a great friend from high school that came to the Lord after, long after high school, you know, and... And it's just awesome to hear those stories. I have a friend that I used to work with that is 
you know, finding faith and things that I would never have thought would have happened. Yeah. Never would have thought. And, you know, kind of looking back on your life, you're almost kind of ashamed at some of the things you may have said or done in that pathway. But at the same time, being in those moments and planting and helping to plant and or water some of those seeds, you know, it's kind of the, the metaphor. Mm. You never know what God's doing. He's constantly Absolutely. working. And, and I think that's the hard part is sometimes we get caught up with a certain picture of how things are supposed to look. And if we're not looking that way, then it's not right. Or right. if something's not moving, God's not working there or something. But even right now, we're not gathered in the church together. We're yep. virtually mm-hmm. together. But you know what? God is moving right now just like he always has Amen. been. It looks totally different, right? Absolutely. Um, but I, I just, I get hit up with that all the time. And I just, it's awesome when that happens because it kind of shakes you and makes you realize, no, God is always working. Yeah. He's always there. So, but in the same way that the disciples, we watch them transition. Please go back and read Acts one, two, three, mm-hmm. and four. You got to read the story. It will be of great encouragement to you today. Um, please do that. And in the same way that the that the disciples have transitioned from fear to faith, I want to encourage each one of you, wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord, that if you know Christ as your Savior, you can you can. Live and function following a living Savior who has been raised from the dead by the power of God. You can live in courage and hope and be a light in this community for many who don't have it. And it's the joy and privilege that we have to serve today. I want to really encourage you to stay around um, here after after the the team closes us in music. And I want you to hear the heart of my brother Jerry as he challenges us to engage in with the gospel in, in, in the way it should be, in, in a living and active way, as we go out today to be the church, not to do church, yeah. not to go to church, but to be the church and in a community that is rightfully scared for their lives. And you and I, we've been given the hope and the answer to what that is, and it's Jesus Christ. We, don't, we shouldn't live in fear. Don't live we in fear. should not be living in fear. We should be courageous yep. and, and have great hope. And, and it should break our hearts when we see the lost <sighs> who are dying without a risen Savior, without a living God. And that should break our hearts as the church of Christ. Let me close this in prayer. And then the team's going to lead. And Jerry, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand up and, and share your heart with our people as, <laughs> as we close today. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for this time lord it goes by so fast i feel like we didn't even we hardly talked about the text um and yet lord we know that you are capable because this word is living and active because you are moving in the hearts of people and you are alive and well today father you can take this time and encourage our brothers and sisters in the lord you can encourage those who are joining us who don't know you this morning you can can move on their hearts and maybe today is the is their spiritual birthday like it was for Jerry 66 years ago maybe today you're going to start in a new relationship mm-hmm. with new believers uh, in in a, in a brand new way in the midst of this uh, fearful time where many are dying not just because of coronavirus but because of everything there are so many people that die every day on this earth. And, and Lord, how many of them are going to a Christless, hopeless eternity? Father, I pray this morning that if you are meeting with people, uh, that you would ignite in their hearts, mark at this time a, a, a new path, a new direction, a new relationship, a beginning point of faith, a faith that is filled with courage and hope, trust and boldness as we look at you and we trust in you and the work that you're doing. May you be glorified today in the worship of your church as we worship you from our homes as we should every single day of the week. May you be glorified in your church and in the work that you're doing in your name. Amen. Won't you all join us with... uh... I uh, from the day by I am they and uh, this is an upbeat song so feel free to tap your feet and uh, join us
sin was before me, I was swallowed by But out of the darkness you brought me to your light You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes From the day you saved my soul Till the very moment when I come home I'll sing, I'll dance my heart will overflow From the day you saved my soul oh. Where brilliant light is all around And endless joy is the only thinking to myself and being asked to just share these last few moments, I couldn't help but be gripped with some thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's probably my favorite chapter in the whole Bible as it relates to the resurrection and Easter and what we're talking about. And it was interesting to note that uh, even some of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they didn't believe in the resurrection either. And, and you all, most of you have heard the last several years where Americans have gone further and further away from believing anything. And we're living in a hopeless world. And now look what we're facing, and everybody's looking for some hope. And it's almost like Easter, what difference does it make? You ever thought about that? Don't, what are you so like, passionate about? Well, what difference does it make? Well, the, the, in 1 Corinthians 15 deals with that. Uh, just, oh, I'll just give you a little tiny bit of about a five-minute, a five-hour message, okay? A couple of minutes. Just a few thoughts on this. If Jesus was not, if that tomb isn't empty and Christ wasn't alive today, We'd have no message to preach, 
and your faith would be worthless. That's one thing. Secondly, Jesus would be a liar. He's the one that said, I'm going to rise again. There would be no pardon for sin. And the Scripture said not one person could be standing here today and say, my sins are forgiven. None. And then, be no hope after death. None. If there was no resurrection. That's why we see, does it make a difference? (laughs) All the difference in the world. And I stand here today saying to you, I have put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my faith is real to me because of what he's done. Jesus told the truth when he said, I will rise again. But it also confirmed who he was when he said, we're forgiven. Only God can forgive sin. Did Jesus forgive sin? (laughs) That's proof that he was God. Has he forgiven you? Question? Have you asked him? Now, please bear with me for a minute here because I'm so passionate about this. For almost the first 20 years of my life, I believed the Bible. I believed in Christ. He died on the cross. He rose again. He's coming back. Oh, yeah, I believe that. It was an intellectual assent to the truth. But I had never personally said, thank you for going to that cross for me. Thank you for dying for me. And right now I'm asking you to forgive me and be my Savior. And I did that on a college campus in the middle of the afternoon, just getting ready to come home for Easter weekend. And for the first time in my life, it all came alive to me. And I had forgiveness of sins and realized for the first time in my life my sin debt was paid in full. Wouldn't you like to have that today? And it's available. And I just want you to know, and we'll pray in just a moment, my faith is real. I've got a Savior that promised me that he came out of the grave. He promised to forgive me. And I've got a hope that is steadfast and sure. And I've got a hope for life after death. I've had four friends that have died in the last month. I talked to a lady yesterday whose husband died last Sunday. And with joy in her her tone of her voice, talking with her yesterday, thrilled to death, she said, I know where he is. And that's a wonderful thing. Somebody once said, you can live so many days without food. You can live so many days without water. You cannot live very long without oxygen. But you can't live at all without hope. And we've got a hope that is steadfast and sure that's going to take us the rest of our lives. And that's why I love to tell people, if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be with Christ forever. Why? Because I'm a nice person? No. It's because I realized that he went to that cross for me, he paid my sin debt, and I personally asked him to forgive me. And that's what changed my life forever. Have you done that? And wouldn't today be an awesome day For you right now, as we close this service, bow your head with me in prayer, would you? And wouldn't it be an incredible thing if some of you experienced your first Easter like I did (laughs) 66 years ago? And I'll lead us all in a short prayer, and it could be the difference maker in your life from now to the day. God calls you home. So can we bow in prayer? And I'm going to ask you, will you pray this prayer with me? You can either pray it out loud with, your, with somebody that you're with, 
or you can pray it silently in your heart. All right? Pray with me right now, would you? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me, to be raised from the dead. And right now, by faith, I'm asking Jesus to forgive my sin and to be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me the promise of eternal life. And it's all because of Easter. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me and for giving me that endless hope that I'll carry for all eternity. And help me and give me the boldness to share this with family and friends and to help everyone and give us a fresh commitment to walk close to our risen Christ and to make him known to as many people as possible. So thank you for this time together and my prayers that some of you, even now, just even today already, have asked this living Christ to forgive you. If you got any questions, call the church. So we're all here this morning. We'd love to get on the phone and talk with you this week if you want to call the church. God bless you. He's alive and well. Jesus told the disciples, go and tell. That's our message. God bless you.